Yo, what's up, Logan? What's up? This is Tailgate Talk, everybody. My name is Brant Oliver. I'm Logan Harris. And this is a podcast where we talk about sports, life, and just anything that you want to talk about. So last night we had the University of Virginia versus Texas Tech basketball game final of the NCAA March Madness. It was a great game, Logan. I mean, what did you think of it? That was honestly better than I even expected. Um, ending of overtime was a little anticlimactic, but the act, like the ending of regulation was pretty crazy yeah it was it was pretty insane started off pretty slow honestly like i was i was watching that so i'm a betting man i'm a gambling man you know and and my dad was telling me he's like oh bet the over you know because because i saw the the line ended up at 119 which is a pretty low scoring game you know that's only like 60 points from Uh each team but both those teams are extremely good at defense. I mean, Texas tech is probably the best defensive team in the whole country, Virginia. I mean, they, they held everybody that they played to a season low in points. So it, it, I mean, started off really slow, but once it got to the second half, dude, those three started falling and, and, you know, Virginia, they, they, they came, they were, they ended the the second half with the three. Or they ended the first half with the three, and then I think that was the the turning point of the offense. You know, I think that's what really sparked everybody. You know, and uh, I mean, it was it was a great well, job I think by Texas what Tech. Hurt, well, I think what hurt um, Texas Tech was like they seemed to start off both halves very slow. Mm-hmm. Like at the beginning of the first half. Virginia had like an 11-3 run um, within like the first five minutes or something like that, and it seemed like Texas Tech was missing quite a bit of th- quite a bit of three pointers, um, so that seemed to hurt them as well. So if they were able to like knock down some more of those threes, I I I could have seen Texas Tech winning this game. Yeah, honestly, I agree with you because like that's that's what I saw. You know, I I mean. I thought Texas Tech could have easily just just as easily won that game as Virginia did. You know, I mean, the, uh-huh. the plays were there for Texas Tech to make, you know. And I mean, yeah, it, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, the refs were all they weren't great, you know, but they, they weren't bad. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to say that the refs were bad and the refs are the reason why Texas Tech lost or anything like that. But, you know, Virginia played great, but. Just Texas Tech did, just didn't come up with the plays. I mean, uh, Culver, you know, their their best player, he was like 0 for 6 or something, or 0 for 7 at the first half. It was like, yeah. dude, come on. Like, I mean. You want to know what else is crazy? Um, I think it was either – I think it was either overtime. I think it was overtime, but um, Virginia had an immense amount of – more free throws than Texas Tech. Um, weren't they like 12 for 12 oh, yeah. and Texas had like zero yeah. attempts? Well, and that's the thing is that, you know, Texas Tech kind of lives at the free throw line. Like, I mean, the whole season there, if you watched yeah. them. I mean, they had David Moretti. He's the second best free throw shooter oh, yeah. in the whole NCAA. Yep. Exactly. And I mean, Culver, that dude, he's literally like just attack, attack, attack. Like, I mean, 
every time he got the ball, whether it was in transition or it, even in a half-court set, he was just looking to get to the basket. I mean, yeah, he would pull up and shoot threes sometimes, but at, almost every time he was looking to get to the basket, and the calls were just weren't there, you know? And, I mean, that's hard, you know, uh, because, I mean, it, it you want to blame the refs, but at the same time, it, you look at the Virginia defense, and they really didn't foul. I mean, like, there was contact, but – you know, I mean, they didn't really foul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like. This didn't seem like much of a, like, fouling oh, game. Yeah. Like, I didn't see a whole lot of crazy fouls. Yeah, Virginia's center, Diakite, I mean, he was huge. You know, he was he was big time for them. Like, uh, he's one of the more underrated players on that whole team. Like, he hit that shot against Purdue, you know, to, to, to force overtime. And he played amazing uh-huh. defense the whole tournament. Like, the dude's a rebounding machine. He's a freaking defensive specialist. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I just wanted to give credit to him because, you know, without him, I don't think that Texas Tech I, – I mean, I do think that Texas Tech wins that game. Uh, honestly, I, I just feel like what came down to it was the three-pointers and the free throws because Virginia was on it with the free with the three-pointers. I mean, Jerome, he prevented a halftime tie with a three-pointer with, like, less than a second left or something yep. like that. And um, just all, all the free throws they were able to get in overtime yep. really helped them yep. take the lead. Yep. And isn't it just crazy how Virginia just like, I mean, if you go back literally, you know, 400 days ago, Virginia lost to a 16 seed. First time that's ever happened that a number one seed has lost to a 16 seed. And, you know, they didn't just lose by like 10 points. They lost by freaking 20 points. Like they got smacked. That's kind of why I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting Virginia to exactly. win really this year. I mean, I had them going to the Final Four, but that's just because of um, the the matchups right. they had. It seemed like they could just win all all the matchups they had up until the Final Four. Right. And and that was another thing is that you know neither of these teams had to play Duke. You know what I mean. Like, neither yeah. of these teams had to play Kentucky, you know. Neither of these teams had to play North Carolina. Like, I feel like both nope. these teams kind of got lucky with, with the way that they that their uh, their bracket uh, kind of, you know, played out. And um, I would definitely agree. I mean, Virginia – don't get me wrong, though. Virginia and Texas Tech are both great teams. I mean, they deserve to be in the championship, but – I mean, if they uh-huh. would have played Duke in the second round or third round, you know, that might have been like let's say Virginia, you know, goes through the goes to the final four and they end up having to play Duke instead of um instead of uh whoever they played. Like it, it that could have been easily the Duke could have easily won that game, you know. But I mean that yeah. you know, sometimes that's just the way the bracket plays out. And another thing that I wanted to say about Texas Tech is that you know, all these Texas Tech fans are upset about, you know, oh, the refs played us, you know, all this stuff. Like, nah, stop. Like, you guys are fine. You know, you guys, you are only losing, you know, a couple of players. I don't, I don't think that uh, Culver's gonna leave. I mean, he should leave, but I don't think he is, uh, you know, and I mean, you guys are going to be great for, you know, the next two or three years. You know what I mean? Chris Beard is a phenomenal head coach. You guys are going to be fine. And the, the thing about Virginia is that last year Virginia lost. And then now look at, look at what, where they are, 
You know what I mean? Like just because you lose that don't, don't hang your head. You know, you can always come back. And I mean, Virginia is literally the perfect example of that because they lost to a 16 seed. Nobody's ever done that. Nobody's ever lost to a 16 seed before. Yeah. And then they come back and win the championship the next year. It's just crazy stuff. You know, that's a crazy comeback story. Honestly, has, I don't, there, yeah, there's definitely never been a, a first seed. Wait, yeah, Virginia was a first seed last year, yep. last year as well. But so no one's ever, no one's ever been a first seed, lost a 16th seed, and then the next season win the championship. That's just a crazy comeback story. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, honestly, it was like that was just the greatest way to end this tournament. I feel like you know, and this tournament was a really good tournament. Yeah. I mean, I watched, shoot, I watched probably 30 games and all of them were really good games. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't really remember yeah. watching a game and being like, ah, oh, this one sucks. You know, like they're all really good. You know I mean? Uh, Purdue, mm-hmm. the, the Virginia Purdue game. That was crazy, bro. Like, oh my goodness. Uh-huh. And you know, it, it's just, it's like poetic justice. You know what I mean? Everybody wanted to see Zion. Everybody wanted to see, you know, Duke versus North Carolina or Duke versus Kentucky. You know, they want to see the blue bloods, right? Yeah. But, you know, it ended up being Virginia versus Texas Tech, two schools that have never even won a national championship, you know? So I kind of feel like that's poetic yeah. justice in a way because it's like, it's like mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're all looking for something, but, you know, the basketball gods just give us this great final game, you know, send it into overtime and it's just wonderful. It ends up being a great end to the tournament. Yeah, it was, it was cool to see. The only reason I wish it would have been Duke Kentucky was because those are the two teams I had (laughs) going to the championship. And I think I, I was just a few points behind first place and uh, the guys I was competing against. So I think if Duke and Kentucky went, I think I would have won 40 bucks, oh, wow. but whatever. Yeah. See, I, yeah. I just decided to not even do the brackets this year. Cause I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not even going to freaking I'm not going to get any of these games. Right. You know? And my girlfriend yeah. actually got more games right in the first round than I did. So that just shows <laughs> you how much I know about the first round of the tournament. Um, Honestly, I feel like even though you know like a ton of crap about it, I feel like most of it is about luck. Oh yeah, because totally. who would ever predict like uh, Virginia losing to a 16 seed? Like, oh yeah, well, I mean, nobody. On, nobody the only people, the only people that picked, the only people that probably picked that 16 seed were probably just either messing around or they were a fan of that school. Exactly, or they like went to that school or something, and um, yeah. So, I mean, but that's the thing, like, you know, that was the first time that that had ever happened. Like their 16 seeds were, oh, and 126 or something like that before then. So, I mean, there's a less than 1% chance that that happens, you know, but it's, it's just insane. Um, So let's talk about the NBA, bro. What, what, what's up with the East? I mean, so the East is pretty much already set up, uh, there's, there's a couple games going yeah, on tonight. Um, the Pistons, Hornets, and Heat are all fighting for that last playoff spot in the East. But the Pistons kind of have yeah. – kind of control their own destiny because they're a game above. So if they if they get a win tonight, they'll secure that eighth position. But if they lose, then the Hornets or the, or the Heat can come in and swoop that spot. So uh, 
If who lose, sorry. Uh, the Pistons. If they if the Pistons lose tonight, okay. then then uh, the Hornets or the Heat could possibly come up and and swoop that. So what happens if the Pistons lose and both the Heat and the Hornets win? Uh, I think the Hornets own the tiebreaker. So right now, the way that it shakes out, the Hornets are crushing the Cavs right okay. now. The Hornets are crushing the Cavs right now. And there's six and a half minutes left. Jeez. Yeah. So. Um, Right now, it would be – I think the Heat are playing right now as well. Uh, I don't know the score for that one. Yeah. But um, – It's halftime, 62 to 42. Heat. Oh, geez. The Heat are killing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, both those teams, they really want to get into the playoffs, dude. <clears throat> Wouldn't it – The Grizzlies and Pistons game is close right now. There's nine minutes left, and the Grizzlies are up 79 to 74. Yeah, so if you're a Heat fan so, like yourself – It's all. It's literally still all up in the air yeah, right exactly. now. Yeah, exactly. If you're a Heat fan, you, you're definitely pulling for the Grizzlies right now. Um, so, all right, let's, let's do some predictions for the, for the playoffs in the NBA. So we got right okay. now, we'll do, we got the one versus the eight seed bucks versus Pistons. Who you got? I got bucks. Uh, no, it's just bucks are too good. Yeah. Okay. So we'll go wraps Raptors second seed versus right now the magic are the seventh seed. So who you got in that one? I got Raptors. I agree. Uh, third seed 76ers versus the sixth seed Nets, Brooklyn Nets. Who you got on that one? Um, I'm going to throw a curveball and go with the Nets. Ooh, I like it. Um, okay, so then we got the fourth seeded Celtics versus the fifth seeded Pacers. I'll go with Celtics on that one. Okay, so... Then let's move on to our second round. So Logan's second round, we got Bucks versus Celtics. Who you got in that one? I'll take the Bucks. Bucks, okay. Raptors versus Nets. Who you got in that one? Um, I'll take Raptors. Alrighty. So then the Eastern Conference Finals comes down to the Raptors versus the Bucks. The one versus the two. Giannis versus Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Who you got in that one? Uh, I would really like the Bucks to win just because, like, you never really see them in the finals. Yep. But I think I'm going to go with Raptors on this Yeah, one. that'd be a cool story. Um, see, I'm a Celtics fan, and, I mean, I you know, obviously I, I would root for the Celtics all day. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for the Celtics to go to the finals. But I just don't see that happening this year. The Bucks are so good, and – it took us seven games uh, last year to beat the Bucks, and we're going to end up playing Bucks in the second round. So I don't know how we're going to pull that off, but same thing with the Raptors, dude. I mean, the Raptors, they're the same as last year, except they just traded DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. Like, what? Like, dude, yeah. come on. Like, that, you know, they're going to be better. And LeBron's out of the East, so LeBron can't just, you know, dominate them. So, I mean, Seriously. I, I just I don't know. I don't know how the Celtics are gonna get there, but I'm I'm a wishful Celtics fan. So all right, let's let's shake out the West. Uh so the West, uh the actually all eight playoff teams are already solidified in the West, but there can be a little bit of moving these last two days of the season. So right now the eighth spot Clippers, the seventh spot Spurs, and the sixth spot Thunder, they're all tied. And they all play two uh, games tonight and tomorrow. So yeah. if all those teams win, both if both if all those teams win both their games, it'll it will end up Thunder six seed, Spurs seven seed, Clippers eight seed. Okay. 
So right now we got the number one seeded Warriors, obviously, versus the eight seeded Clippers. Who you got in that matchup, Logan? I I gotta go with the Warriors. Yeah, I just think the Warriors are are way too good, honestly. I mean, I don't uh, see them losing at all. Uh, Nuggets versus the Spurs. Who you got in that one? <laughs> honestly, I haven't really been watching either team this year, so I wouldn't know. Um, I don't like the Spurs, so I'm going to go with the Nuggets. Okay, so then we got three-seeded Rockets versus the six-seeded Thunder. Now, this is hard for me because, I, in my opinion, the Thunder and the Rockets are the two teams that can knock off the Warriors. And they play each other in the first round if this is how it all shakes out. So that's tough for me uh-huh. because, I mean, I almost want to see the Thunder slide to the seventh spot so that they can play the Nuggets in the first round. And play round. the Nuggets. Exactly. But, you know – I really hope that we don't see Rockets versus Thunder in the first round because then that just, you know, that's pretty much a given that the Warriors are going to go to the finals. Um, but uh-huh. we got in that one. Rockets, Thunder. Um, honestly, I feel like this one's going to be really close. I feel like this one could go to game mm-hmm. seven. Um, but I'm just, I'm going to have to go with Rockets. Yeah. I just think James Harden's too good. Rockets this year, and seven. You know? I, I agree with that. I think it could go easily six or seven games. Um, I mean, Paul George is going to have to play some phenomenal defense on James Harden. You know, Russell Westbrook's going to have to average a triple double. Uh, but, I mean, uh, crazier things have happened, you know? Um, yeah. So now we got the fourth seeded Trailblazers versus the fifth seeded Jazz. Who you got in that one? Um, I like the Jazz. I like the Jazz too. Uh, see the Trailblazers, and you know I love Damian Lillard, dude. I really do. I like. I think he's yeah. one of the most underrated players in today's game. I mean, he is a straight killer. But when it comes to the playoffs, dude, he just can't win. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. Like that. Ever since they won against the Rockets, when he hit that, you know, series-winning shot, right. Ever since then, he hasn't won a playoff series. And he's only won, like, two games since then. And he's played in three playoff series. He's been swept twice. So, it's like, yeah. I mean, you know, when you get swept by uh, – when you get swept by a a team like, like the New Orleans Pelicans, you know, I mean, that is just, you know, that's, that's – It's that's sad. Not, I don't want to say sad, but, it, yeah, I mean, it kind of is because – in a sense, it's like, I mean, come on. They didn't even have DeMarcus Cousins at that point. You know, it was only Anthony Davis yeah. and then Drew Holiday. Now, granted, Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo had the, the, the freaking series of a lifetime. But still, I mean, you have Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, and you were the three-seeded Blazers, and you get swept by a six-seed. Like, that's just – come on. That, that's, that's just not good. Uh-huh. Okay, so – Breaking news, Logan. We got some breaking news on our podcast. Magic Johnson steps down as Lakers president of basketball operations. I just got that. That is crazy. So surrounding all these rumors of LeBron, you know, trying to get these kids traded out of there, trying to get Anthony Davis to come over. All these, you know, rumors about Luke Walton not being the head coach next year. And everybody's saying, oh, Luke's going to be out. 
oh, you know, these guys are going to be out. Kuzma's gone. But in reality, Magic's the first one to leave. What are your thoughts about that? Honestly, I'm not even sure. Like, I don't know um, the underlying behind the scenes of uh, the Lakers. So I have no clue why he's even stepping down. Let me let me give you some two cents right here. Okay, I have no idea. I'm a Celtics fan, but this is just what I think. Okay, so I think that Luke Walton is not the problem. I think Magic knows LeBron is not necessarily the problem, but it wasn't the greatest decision for the franchise to sign LeBron. I think that's what Magic realized. And I think he realized that there's no winning. There's no winning whatsoever in the situation that he's in. So instead of publicly losing, he's just going to step down, you know what I mean, so that he can't take a loss, you know, in a sense. But what's so that's not on my yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and I think I think he realized that you know just because you have LeBron James doesn't mean you're gonna get all these good players. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Anthony Davis. Yeah, you might you might get Anthony Davis. That's true. But I don't think you're gonna get Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant or you know any of these other guys that would actually you know win you a championship and. I got one question. <laughs> What's up? How was LeBron able to make the Cavs so good when he was the only like the pretty much great player on their team, and but he wasn't able to do anything with the Lakers? Well, you know uh, that that's a that's a really good question. See, and it's tough because there's a lot of factors, you know, and and. These are things that people don't really take into consideration. So, okay, let me let me break it down for you. So, eighty percent of all NBA teams are in the Midwest to East Coast, right? Like, there's think about it, uh-huh. think about it. There's only a couple teams on the West Coast where we live in California. There's only a couple teams, right? So, the the Lakers, you know, the Trailblazers are in Oregon. The uh, you know, Sacramento Kings, the Golden State Warriors, and what? That's it, right? And then, you know, the next closest team is the Phoenix Suns, you know what I mean? Or the Utah Jazz. Mm -hmm. So it's like all these teams are all in the East Coast, you know? So travel, travel actually plays a huge part in this because it's like, okay, if you're taking a flight from Cleveland to Philadelphia – that's like a three-hour flight, you know what I mean? Whereas if you're taking uh-huh. a flight from L.A. to Philadelphia, that's like an eight-hour flight, you know? Like, that, yeah. just just that, like, five hours of added flight time, that could really put some wear and tear on your body because you're not getting full recovery. Now, that's just one, that's uh-huh. just one factor that I've heard and I've read, you know? And another factor is that LeBron, he got hurt for the first time in his career. You know, he actually missed legitimate games due to injury for the first time in his career. And I think that really yeah. that kind of scared him in a sense because it's like, you know, we all saw what happened to Kobe. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, when, when uh-huh. Kobe got injured that first time, he, he tried to come back so fast and then he got injured again and, it, and he was never the same. So LeBron, yep. I mean, 16th season, same shit happened to Kobe in the 16th season. So it's like LeBron is probably thinking, oh, man, I got to – I actually have to take my time with this. 
You know what I mean? Like I can't just come back after, yeah. you know, two weeks. I got to take my time. So him missing all He's those games. Old. Exactly. He is getting old. Father time catching up. You know, him missing all those games, forcing those young guys to, you know, come up and, and just learn like by, you know, being thrown into the fire. Like that's not, that's not the best way to win. You know what I mean? And, uh-huh. you know, last year LeBron was with the Cavs. I mean, the East, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. The East is really worse than the West. I mean, the thing is, is like the, the competition in the West is just so top heavy that it, and, and when you're yeah. in the West, you play those teams, especially the Lakers, because the Lakers are in the Warriors division. So they play the Lakers or the, the Lakers play the Warriors, the Clippers, the, you know, the, the Kings, they play all these good teams, these solid teams. And it's like, when you're in the in the Cavs division, you're playing like, you know, Brooklyn or freaking, you know, Orlando, you know, uh, I mean, not not to knock on Brooklyn or Orlando, but they ain't the Golden State Warriors, you know, like, Seriously. and I mean, that that's just, you know, there's just so many factors that I think that, you know, just changing scenery. And yeah, I, he he might have had a better team this year, but the competition that he played was, was tougher. So, and I mean, he didn't play the whole season. So that's, that's just one, you know, tough thing about LeBron. But anyway, so yeah, that's crazy about the Lakers. Magic Johnson stepping down, man. Oh man. I want, I really want to yeah, see, really want to see what they're going to do next. Okay. So now let's, let's roll into the second round of this Western conference playoffs. So uh-huh. you got, we got the Warriors versus the Jazz coming up right here. Warriors versus Jazz. One seed versus the five. Who you got winning that one? Dang, I'd love to see. Honestly, I'm like the Jazz aren't my team, but I really love watching them. I wish they could win, but it's the Warriors are just too tough to yeah, beat. I'll agree with you on that one. I mean, the Jazz, see the Jazz are, are the Jazz are crazy because I think that they're very very deadly if they execute properly, right? So Joe yeah. Ingles, okay, he is extremely underrated, extremely underrated. Like I guarantee you nobody – like 80% of the people that, you know, you were walking up on the street and you would be like, hey, you know who Joe Ingles is? They'd be like, who? Is that like a baker or something like down the street? Like not. Nah. Like nobody knows who Joe Ingles is. Uh-huh. This dude is – a straight baller, okay? Same thing with Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is the stifle tower. Like, this dude's a freaking seven-foot-two giant that just blocks everybody's shot. So, I would love to see the Jazz win. Is he really seven-foot-two? Yeah, dude. He's tall. Super tall. That's insane. Um, I'd love to see the Jazz win, but I agree. The Warriors are just too much, dude. They have too much firepower. Um, so, now we got uh-huh. two versus the three. Nuggets versus the Rockets. Who you got in that one? Nuggets versus the wow, that's that's actually a tough <coughs> one. Um, I just, uh, I I think I want to go with Rockets just because of merely because of experience. Um, the Rockets have been in the playoffs more than the Nuggets, so I just think they have the upper hand on experience would be cool to see see the nuggets just to see someone new but um i'm gonna go with the rockets 
Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. You know, I, I personally, like, like I said before, I, I think that the Rockets and the Thunder are the only two teams that can knock the Warriors off. Now the Nuggets are going to be a very tough matchup for the Rockets because the Nuggets, unlike the Rockets are a great team. The Rockets have James Harden, you know, and I mean, their team is pretty much James Harden, you know, um, Whereas yeah. the uh, the Nuggets, they have a whole myriad of players. You know, they got. I mean, when you have Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench, you know that's that's a pretty good team. You know, they're deep. You know what I mean? And uh, I just think that you know Jamal Murray is coming into his zone. I mean, uh, Nikola Jokic, the Joker. He's he's a beast. You know, he he's a seven foot center that can pass the ball like nobody's business. And uh, uh-huh. I mean, I I just I can't agree with you more. I think the I think the Rockets are going to win that one though. Okay, so then we got the Western Conference Finals. We got Warriors versus Rockets. Same thing as last year. Uh, who you got in that one? Um, man, it's like I want every team to beat the Warriors, but it's just so hard to pick <laughs> against them. I'm I'm there with you. Um. I feel like I, I'll say Warriors and six. Okay, just to be just to be you know uh, argumentative person, I'm going to take the Rockets in this one. I think the Rockets are finally going to pull it off. They're not going to go 0 for 17 from three. They're gonna they're gonna beat the Warriors. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Yeah, I would too. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Alrighty, so we got our finals matchup. So your finals matchup is going to be Warriors versus Bucks. Or no, Warriors versus Raptors, I'm sorry. And my finals matchup is going to be Rockets versus Celtics, just because I'm going to be, you know, Mr. Devil's Advocate. Okay, so who do you think is going to win Warriors versus Raptors? Go. Um, I'm just going to go with Warriors. It's I can't – it's hard seeing any of these teams beat them, honestly, except – the if the Bucks can pull through and beat the Raptors, I could see that being a much more closer matchup. But I did pick the Raptors to beat the Bucks, but I can't. I could see the Bucks beating the Warriors more than I can see the Raptors. Um, yep. But your matchup would definitely be much more interesting. Intriguing to watch. <laughs> um. Yeah. See, mine. Mine is very, very much less likely than yours um (laughs) yours is the more likely matchup mine i feel like just just because you know i i mean i i really do think that the rockets could beat the warriors but it's gonna be tough dude they're gonna have to play lights out for seven games dude it's going to take seven games to beat the warriors like i mean people don't realize really like you have to go in and beat these dudes four times four times you have to win to win a series like that, you know, I mean, beating somebody twice is hard enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like beating somebody four times in a seven-game series, that is tough. So, I mean, you know, I got Rockets versus Celtics. I'm a Celtics fan. I'm going to take the Celtics. I think Kyrie is going to have 35 a game. I mean, he's going to go off. He's staying with us. You know, we're, we're keeping him. We're going to re-sign him to a max deal. It's all going to be fine and dandy, you know, and we're getting Banner 18 this year, Logan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. Well, let's 
Let's move on to some NFL. So we got the draft coming up. It's April. You got the draft in what two and a half weeks? Yeah. Man, his time is before flying we talk by. about the draft. So, can we talk about Antonio Brown, please? Oh my God! What dude? That fool is just ridiculous. <laughs> like, what is what is up with this dude? I mean, obviously you saw the tweets, you know, and. You know, I follow Juju on Twitter. I follow Antonio Brown on Twitter. And, I mean, what? On April that just 7th, came out of the blue. Like, what? At 9.42 a.m., he posts, keep your emotions off the internet. This is before the thing he said about Juju. And yeah. literally, uh, let's see, like, th- two hours later, at 11.10 a.m., uh, this, not even Juju, this uh, Steelers like fan page or whatever posts a picture of 2018 Steelers MVP uh, <coughs> Juju Smith-Schuster, and uh, Antonio co- uh, commented on that, and he put emotion. Boy fumbled the whole postseason in the biggest game of year. Everyone went blind to busy making guys famous. Not enough reality these days. By the way, check the list. This is not the Antonio yeah. Brown from like even like j- last year. He's like I don't know yeah. what's like gone through his head since the last um regular season game of last year, but he's just been like off the rails and it's been pretty annoying honestly. I used to have like yeah. so much respect for this guy. Like when Le'Veon Bell was like off doing his thing, like not like sitting out and was doing the whole sit out for the whole year thing. I I had I was throwing my respect at Antonio Brown because he was working. Um, he was showing up to all practices, all games, and he got this big contract from us. It was like uh, I don't remember, like five year, eighty four million, something like that. And now he, yep. th- I don't, I don't even know what happened, but he didn't. Um, like play the last regular season game, and ever since that, it's been it's just been all off the rails since then. Yep. And it's sad because I mean, Antonio Brown, he, I genuinely think he's, he's a good dude. You know what I mean? Like he, he seems like a good dude. He acts like one, he works really hard. I mean, you know, he's one of the hardest working guys in the whole NFL. And I mean, it just shows, you know, where he came from. He was an undrafted wide receiver out of central Michigan. And now he's all pro, you know, multiple pro bowler, uh, you know, making millions of dollars a year, yeah. you know, always catching touchdowns. And I mean, he, it just, it, it just, it was really off guard. It caught me off guard that he yeah. would say something like that, especially about Juju. Yeah, and Juju um, showed nothing because... but respect for him. He's, exactly. Juju's that, literally never thrown shade at him ever. He's always, yeah. he's always looked up to him. He's always like asked his, asked advice for him always trying to get better, get to his level. And oh, yeah. Antonio just and, does this to him. And and that's the thing is like, you know, Juju is like, I mean, did you see, okay, so did you see Juju's response to that? Like Juju, um, Juju was totally mature. Yeah, I did. I don't remember you know? the exact words, but I did see his response. He said something along the lines of, you know, I've shown nothing but respect to this guy ever since I came into the league and he does this, you know. And, I mean, he wasn't bashing Antonio Brown or anything like that. He was just saying, like, that's kind of out of pocket. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, 
I mean, I just I would understand. And, and then I would understand if Juju um, was like, "Oh yeah, I was definitely better than Antonio Brown last year." But Juju right. has literally said said nothing. It was a fan, yeah, that said Juju is the MVP, <coughs> and Antonio yep. Brown claps back with that. Like, what? How yep. how mature? How immature do you have to be to like um, go to a fan page and mouth off at them? Um, and talk shade about one of your former teammates when he w- when Juju wasn't yep. even involved with it. Yep. And the saddest part of all this is that Antonio Brown, it's like, okay, it's this is almost like Antonio Brown is like he broke up with his ex and he's bitter, right? You know, <laughs> and, and it's like that's that's almost that's almost what it seems like to me. And it's like, you know, oh, he he's in a better situation. He's like, like, he's like trying to play it off. Like, Oh yeah. You know, I'm in Oakland now and I got all my new money, you know, call me Mr. Big chest. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but he's in reality, he's still like, like he's still burnt about the whole thing about the Steelers, you know? And it's like, dude, just move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like at this point, you know, you're in Oakland now, just, just move on, Yeah. you know? And, and, uh, I just thought it was funny how he said, you know, don't let your emotions uh, or keep your emotions off the internet or yeah. whatever. And then, and then he tweets later. his next tweet is like emotion. Yeah. He literally starts the tweet with emotion. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Oh, it's man. literally, That's I don't funny. know. But yeah. He's, he's crazy. I mean, that just shows you what, what money will do to you. Yeah. You know, money, money will inflate your ego so much to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, even your closest dudes that you know become enemies, you know, when they get more than you. You know what I mean? And it's not even that Juju got more than him. It's just Juju was more respected at that time. Yeah. Just for just for the year. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know if Antonio Brown like really cares about that team MVP, you know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, he kind of he kind of makes it seem like he does. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just, but, I'm I just know. curious I mean, if Derek Carr is going to try to humble him up or just uh, talk to him, or yeah. I don't even know. Because Derek's probably yeah. one of the most humble guys in the NFL, so hopefully he can. Oh yeah, totally. Put some sense into AB. Well, and and that's another thing is is I mean I I want to know Derek's reaction to this because I mean yeah. shoot we know we both know Darren you know and. And just judging from being around Darren, I mean, I'm sure Derek is a lot like Darren. For those and of you that don't I'm know, sure that Darren is Derek Carr's middle brother, and he was yes. our football coach in high school. So yes, we're around the, the Carr family a lot. Yes, exactly. And, I mean, Darren, Darren would totally, you know – I mean, if, if it were, if, if Darren were Derek, he would totally go up to Antonio Brown and, you know, confront him about this. Now, I don't know what Derek, you know, is, is going to do or anything like that, but I just think that, I mean, and this is the best situation for Antonio Brown to be in right now, you know, because Derek is the perfect person yeah. for, for Antonio Brown to help him, you know, and it, it, it is, it's tough because I mean, you don't want to tell Antonio Brown like, "Hey, bro, you're out of line here." You know what I mean? Like, but in reality, he's not necessarily out of line. 
it's like he's telling the truth. Like that is what his emotions are. Yeah. But it's just like there's no reason for him to say that yeah. because, you know, oh, you're you've moved on already. You know what I mean? You're on the you're on the Raiders now. You're you're past the Steelers. Just forget about it. Move even on. if you do think that, like, but, you don't even need, you don't need to be tweeting it out. It's just showing like, like you're exactly, letting the haters yeah. get to you. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I mean, you know, shoot, we don't, we don't know what it's like to have millions of people on follow you on Twitter. You know what I mean? And, and I'm sure, you know, at some point it is going to get to you, but you know, there, you just, you just got to know that that comes with the territory. Uh You know what I mean? Like, like Antonio Brown has got to realize like, Hey dude, I have millions of kids looking up to me every single day. Should I be saying, you know, Oh, this dude fumbled the game away, fumbled our whole entire postseason away. You know what I mean? He pretty much just ruined the season for us. You know, like I don't that's not something that a role model would do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's definitely what Antonio Brown is. He 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 is a role model yeah. for all these kids, you know? So um Do you want let's to get into um, the draft? Uh talk about the Jets new uniforms? Cause I just saw them oh, like uh, yesterday. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I heard yeah, for, people for are giving a lot that, of crap for them. Yeah, so for those of you that uh, don't know, I'm a Jets fan. Logan is a Steelers fan, and um, I mean, I like the Jets' new uniforms. I they were way overhyped, dude. Like literally, like three months ago, they came out with this freaking bit that was like, "Oh, Jets new unis, Jets new unis, all this stuff." And I have I have a couple of Jets uniforms. Um, a green and a white one. And I mean, I personally love the black ones that they have. Uh-huh. The black ones are dope. Um, but I mean, the white and the green, it, it kind of just looks the same, just like with a more modern twist. I did you know like I mean? that it's they a, tried they to really... go less basic because that's kind of what their yeah. uniforms have been. So, I mean, right, like, totally. I would make some fixes to it, but overall, I'm not like appalled by them yeah people some some people were freaking hating just saying like oh those are disgusting those are terrible you know all this stuff and i'm just like dude they're jerseys like <laughs> what do you mean they're disgusting they're not they're not bad i don't know but at the end of the day i'm gonna get a Le'Veon bell one so <laughs> of <know>. course you <laughs> yeah you want mine yeah i'm gonna <laughs> it's it, it's a Steelers yeah, one yeah, but it's seriously. bell <laughs> Oh, I'll just uh, uh, color it. By green. the way, <laughs> la- literally last December, I got a color rush Antonio Brown jersey off AliExpress. That just shows how much he's how quick he's changed as a person. Because if if Antonio Brown was like this back in December, I definitely wouldn't have gotten one of right. his jerseys. Exactly. <laughs> Luckily, it was off AliExpress. Um, it was only like twenty five bucks, but still. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ollie Express, that's the best way to do it. Um, okay, so let's get into the NFL draft then. Yeah. Uh, so let's straight away. Do you think Kyler Murray is going to be the number one overall pick? Honestly, yeah. Like I, I don't think the Cardinals are getting anywhere with Josh Rosen, so I think they're going to try to go another route and pick Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, it's sad, you know. I just – I just don't know what the hell the Cardinals are doing, dude. I mean, what 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 sense does it make to take a guy in the top ten like last year? You know, you move you move up draft picks. Not only do you take a quarterback, but you move up to get that quarterback. And 
you take him, and then you have a first-year head coach, and three weeks into the season, you fire your offensive coordinator that's also a first-year guy, and then your quarterback doesn't even get to play with his new toys because they're all hurt. Yeah. And then your coach, you fire him at the end of the season, and it's like, what, dude, you literally just gave your quarterback that you just drafted like 10 weeks of solid game Seriously. reps. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, let's move on. Like, dude, that's not how you develop yeah, a football those team. Those are like, teams that, that always fail. They they try things exactly. for one year, and then they just move on because it didn't work. That's why the Browns were always awful yes. because they kept hiring yes. coach after coach after coach, and they never gave them like more than a year's uh, more than a year chance. And um, yep. I think the Cardinals honestly need to go and invest in their offensive line because I feel like that's why Josh Rosen was so horrible oh, last yeah. year because he was he literally had to like snap it and throw it because he was always just getting rushed. Um, offensive line was terrible, but I I don't think the Cardinals want to go that route. I think they're just going to try to get Carla Murray and hope he does some magic. Yep. And I went to a, I actually went to a Cardinals game last year. I went to the Cardinals 49ers game in in San Francisco. And that's uh, funny. I went to a Cardinals and Niners game, but it was in here, here in in Arizona. Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, But I watched, I watched that game and it must've been Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen's best game of his career because from what I saw, I mean, dude, this bull probably third play of the game. I think he hits uh, Christian Kirk over the middle, dude, 40 yard bomb, Mm -hmm. like for a touchdown. And I was like, dude, literally this, this dude just freaking wound up through it. Like Aaron Rodgers style, just freaking cannon. You know what I mean? Uh And I was like, how, how are the Cardinals so bad when they have a quarterback like this? Then I, I start, I kept watching. And this fool only had two seconds to throw the ball every single time. So, I mean, at, at some point, you gotta you gotta look at it and you gotta say, okay, this is not our quarterback's fault. This is our offensive line's fault. You know what I mean? And it's like if if your quarterback can make the throws, but he's just not getting time. Why are you blaming that on your quarterback? Yeah, that, that's obviously not his fault. You know what I mean? And I just I. Like your comparison to the Browns is a great one because this is literally what the Browns did for 15 plus years. Uh-huh. You know, they they went from quarterback to quarterback to quarterback, you know, just kept switching coaches and they just never developed an offensive line. They drafted freaking Joe Thomas, you know, the best offensive tackle ever, probably. Uh-huh. And then they, they were like, oh, well, we have a good offensive line because we have Joe Thomas. But no, that you got to invest in all your positions. You got to get wide receivers. You got to get running backs. You got to get tight ends. It's like, you know, take the Steelers, for example. Ben Roethlisberger would not be Ben Roethlisberger if he didn't have, you know, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, even back in the day, Heinz Ward, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <coughs> Daniel Sanders, Santonio Holmes. I mean, you know, Heath Miller, like all these guys. And plus, not to mention, B- Big Ben has probably had one of the best offensive lines his whole career. Yeah, the Steelers you know? just and, know how to draft receivers. That's why I'm never worried when we lose receivers because we just, it's, not it's even just the next man though. up. Juju's, Juju's, yeah. I, I could honestly see him just being our next all pro. Oh, yeah, totally. 
I mean, he's going to have 120 catches next year. And I I think it is – It you're right, it is drafting, but I think it's more developing than drafting. Oh, yeah, because, definitely. I mean, if you look if you look at, you know, Santonio Holmes was – I'm pretty sure Santonio Holmes was a first-round pick, but Emmanuel Sanders wasn't. You no. know, and then Antonio Brown was uh, undrafted. Yeah, you know, and Juju, uh, Juju was like what? Juju third was round? like a second round, second round, third round. Sec- no, he's I think second, he was second, round, yeah. second round. Um, but but either way, dude, like these aren't you know top ten players. You know what I mean? Like, and they're still balling out, getting fifteen hundred yards, hundred plus catches. You know, so I just think that it's development. You know what I mean? And that's that's a that's something with every franchise that they need to they need to figure out. It's like. The just not every top 10 pick is going to pan out and not every, you know, first round pick is going to pan out. I mean, it's it's all about how you develop players. You know, just look at I mean, look at the Saints. The Saints have Alvin Kamara. Where was he drafted? Third round. Like, you know, uh, the Broncos, Philip Lindsay. Where was he drafted? Undrafted. I mean, Tom Brady. There, you, you can go down the list. Oh, Tom Brady, sixth round pick. You can go down the list, dude, of just player after player, you know, making Pro Bowl after Pro Bowl. And it's because they were developed by their team. It's not that they came in and, you know, I mean, some guys are going to be like Saquon Barkley and come in and just destroy from the very second that they come into the yeah. league. But that's very rare. You know what I mean? Like, not everybody's going to be like that. So I think that, uh, I mean, I think I think Kyler Murray going number one, it's it's very likely. It's very likely. It's just not the decision that I would make. I because yeah, I'd really like you know. I I'm just more in favor of developing. Also, than, than I'd just really drafting the best player available. If they do pick Kyler Murray, I'd really like to see Rosen go to a team like the Giants because I could just see him working in that yes. system. But if he does go to the Giants, totally. the Giants definitely need to work on their offensive line because. It's just going to be the same scenario. He's just going to be getting yep, same thing crushed around all the time, yep. and he won't be able to do anything because his offensive line sucks. Um, so who do you think is going to be the most impactful player right off the bat in this draft? Hmm, that's that's a tough one because there's there's so many good guys. Um, I definitely think the best position in the draft this year is the edge and the D lineman. There's just so many good guys there. Um, Honestly, if Kyler Murray goes to the Cardinals, I don't think he'll be um, the most impactful. I really do like Nick Bosa. I think he's going to be a beast right off the bat. Um, But we'll just have to see. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to agree with you that the D line and and edge is is they're just stacked yeah. in this draft. I mean, you. I mean, honestly, you can't go wrong. You know, uh, when if you have a top five pick, you're pretty much guaranteed a Pro Bowler, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I think I I think you know Nick Bosa is going to be a great player. Joey Bosa is obviously phenomenal. Uh, it's just that if he can stay healthy. You know, I don't I don't really know what the deal is with his uh, with his abdomen. Uh, he has like a muscle strain or something like uh, that. Um, <clears throat> but I think the most impactful player is going to be Quinnen Williams from Alabama. He's a defensive tackle. Dude looks like a monster. He's two fifty five and he runs a four five three forty. Like that is absurd. 
That's four crazy. five three at two fifty five. Like, that, <laughs> do you know how fast you have to be to move that much? Surprising weight around? on an edge rusher. Like, yeah, exactly. Like he he is like Aaron Donald, like you know, on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, he had he had a great combine. He just freaking destroyed the bench press reps. He, you know, killed the 40. He's just an athletic freak. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, that that's what you need at defense tackle. You know what I mean? And that's the new – I think that's the new era of defensive tackles. You know, we're, we're seeing like Fletcher Cox and, and Aaron Donald and all all these guys. It's, you know, these, these guys are freaking athletic monsters that are huge mm-hmm. that just, you know, get to the passer. It's like you, you're getting a pass rusher – but from the middle, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it's crazy how some of these hybrid players are, are coming around, you know? Um, so, okay. So most, we went from most impactful. So who do you think is most likely to be a hall of famer out of this draft? Oh my gosh. That's like, that, that's like such See, a that's down tough, huh? question. Cause like, I, I feel like you have to watch a player at least a couple years of the NFL to really like, tell if he could be a potential hall of famer or not honestly i don't right <laughs> i'm not even sure i can a- answer that question but if i were just to pick someone it'd probably be um i got i'll, I'll probably just say quinn williams yeah i'm gonna say quinn williams or nick bosa yeah um either one of those guys i think you know i mean Nick Bosa definitely has the NFL blood in his family. I mean, his his I think his dad was was a NFL player, right? And his uncle, uh-huh. you know. Um, and they they were all first round picks, I think. Him and him, his brother, his dad, and his uncle, or something like that. Um, but I mean, you know, he definitely has the potential to get there. It's just that if he can stay healthy, you know what yeah. I mean. Um, same thing with Quentin Williams, but. The, the big thing here is, is health, you know? Um, <clears throat> so most overhyped, who do you think is the most overhyped player in this draft? There's a lot of hype surrounding a couple players, but who do you think is the most overhyped? Um, let's see. <coughs> so it's definitely not going to be someone from, I think it's going to be an offensive player. Just honestly, I feel like, there's much more better defensive players in this draft than offensive. Um, if I were to go to go with most overhyped, it'd probably have to be um, Kyler Murray, just because it just if he gets picked to the Cardinals, if he can get picked right. to another team, I could see him doing I could see him doing better. Um, but I I really feel like the Cardinals aren't going to pick him. And I don't feel like he's gonna do great there. At least, at least in the first year. In the if short the Cardinal, term, if the Cardinals can, um, and if they can make their team better, then I could see him doing better right. as well. But um, I just feel like Murray's the most hyped, overhyped for me. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. I think. To me, it's a tie between – well, it's not a tie, actually. I, I just – I'm trying to be devil's advocate here. It, in all reality, it's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's the freaking – he's the most overhyped player, you know. I mean, this dude is just he, – he went from being like a 
maybe a second round pick to the first round pick in a matter of days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was, it was like crazy how much hype surrounded this guy. And, you know, everybody was watching him at the combine. Everybody's watching his pro day. And, uh, you know, it, maybe it's because it's, it's the quarterback position or maybe it's because we just want, you know, the next best quarterback because we just had a great quarterback class last year or, you know, whatever. But uh, I just – I mean, I, I see Kyler Murray as somebody that's going to be really good in the NFL. And I just – really really don't want him to go to Arizona yeah and it, it it's just it's not a good situation for him you know he can make it a good situation not saying that he can't but it, it's just it's not a good situation right now to start off this with, is why you know in the mean? draft I would not shoot for wanting to be the first pick because the first pick is always a horrible team so why do you yeah. I know I understand there's like you're getting paid a lot and stuff but in the end, if you do better on a good team, you're probably going to be getting paid more in the long run. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because just look at all the Patriots players that got paid from other teams. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like freaking Trent Brown, dude. Trent Brown was the highest paid offensive tackle ever mm-hmm. this season. He went to the Raiders. He, he got paid by the Raiders. Yeah. Like. What, who even knew who Trent Brown was at the beginning of the season? Seriously. Nobody. Like, you know, and it's just because the Patriots won the Super Bowl, you know, whatever. But uh, same thing with Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers, I mean, don't get me wrong. Trey Flowers deserved every penny that he got. He's a great player. But he got like $90 million from the from the Lions. You know, two years ago, Akeem Hicks got like $80 million from the Bears. You know, so it's just like, I mean, players that win – I agree with that philosophy. If you go to a good team and win, you're going to get recognized. Uh You know what I mean? Because other teams are going to be like, okay, I need that winner. I need that guy who knows how to win. I need him on my team to change the culture in my locker room. You know? Yeah. All righty. So we got our mock drafts prepared. We're going to mock the top 10 of the draft, the NFL draft that's coming up on April 24th. Um, so Logan, what is your top 10 for the NFL draft? Okay. So I already gave my first one. Of course, Carla Murray, um, already gave my insight on that. 49ers got the second pick and I'm, I got to go with Nick Bosa. I believe he's one of the, the best edge players in the draft. And, um, the 49ers really need, uh, some defense and I think he'd be a great addition um, if 49ers could really up their defense, it'd be good. And if Garoppolo can be stay healthy, then I think the 49ers could be a decent team. <clears throat> the Jets, the Jets, I think they like defensive linemen, if I'm not wrong. And mm-hmm. Quinn and Williams is probably the best defensive tackle here in the draft. So I, I think they're going to go with him. They need some defense as well. Um, Honestly, I, I have a lot of defense in this top 10. So if you're not in the top 10 and you need some defense, then it's it's going to be tough because a lot of these good players are going to be taken. Uh, for the next pick, um, who has the next pick? Raiders. The fourth pick, the Raiders. I've got Josh Allen. They need edge rushers too. He's from Kentucky, tall, fast elite player um 
best player on Kentucky, in my opinion. Um, I just think he's going to be a beast, and hopefully they can just replace um, – what's his name? I forgot who was gonna, I was going to say, but um, I think Josh Allen's going to be a good pick for them. Uh, the Buccaneers are next. Uh, they're going to be taking one of my favorite DBs, Byron Murphy. That's just who I believe they're going to take. Uh, they need some DBs. That's definitely one of the needs they need. Uh, the next pick, I got Dwayne Haskins, who's the quarterback for Ohio State, going to the Giants. Honestly, I just feel like the Giants are ready to move on from Eli Manning. Maybe not this year, but I don't know. We'll see how well Dwayne Haskins can perform. Maybe they want to work on him a year or two or more, maybe. I don't know. Um, but I just believe they're going to be picking Haskins and try to move on from Eli because he's been getting them nowhere the past few years. Uh, next, I've got the Jaguars. Um, okay, that's odd. I, Oh, yeah, so I thought I'd put Josh Allen twice, but there is two Josh Allens. Um, this Josh Allen is from Missouri. He's an edge rusher, and that's who I got for the Jaguars. They need an edge rusher as well. Um, for the Lions, I've got Greedy Williams. He's another great DB from LSU. Uh, the Lions uh, did pretty well in free agency for offense, so I think they're going to try to be going more defense on the draft. They do need DBs, so um, I picked Greedy Williams for them. Next pick uh, for the Bills, I've got Ed Oliver. He's a great D lineman from Houston, very big, very powerful, and uh, I like him at the Bills. I think he's going to be good with them. Lastly, Broncos need a quarterback. There's not really a lot of great quarterbacks, in my opinion, in this draft. Um, but I think since Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins will be taken, they're going to go with Drew Locke from Missouri. I like it. I like the top ten picks. Very uh -huh. uh, quarterback heavy. I See, now, I'm more of a defensive guy. You know what I mean? Like, I... I I just love the defensive players. I love all the positions of defense. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, they're all great, you know? So, my top ten, this is how it shakes out. I, obviously, Kyler Murray going number one to the Cardinals, you know? I mean, I it's not, not the pick that I would make, but it's the pick that I think they're going to make. Mm -hmm. um, just because, I mean, everybody's saying it, you know? And it just seems so real. I mean, and why hire Cliff Kingsbury? If you're not going to go with a new quarterback, you know what I mean? So yeah. I think Kyler Murray's going there. Second, 49ers, I got the same as you, Nick Bosa. I mean, he's, in my opinion, he's the next best player in the draft, you know, just an absolute beast, just like his brother. He's going to be impact player right from the start, you know, if he's healthy. And uh, 49ers could definitely use some help off the edge. Uh, Jets, my Jets. I got them taking Josh Allen from Kentucky. He is, like you said, tall, extremely fast edge rusher, lanky, you know, super, super quick, and can get around a lot of offensive tackles really quickly. And that's going to be key in the Jets division because Tom Brady loves to get rid of that football. You know what I mean? So, uh -huh. and without, <clears throat> without Tom Brady's best offensive lineman, he just left this year for the Raiders. 
it'll be key if the Jets could get a edge rusher with that pick to get to get to Tom Brady. I uh, got the Raiders taking Quinn and Williams with uh, the fourth pick. Uh, it's hard for me to see Quinn and Williams slide that far just because I I'm, I personally think Quinn and Williams is going to be the best player out of this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he's going to dominate with the Raiders. The Raiders need all the help that they can get defensively. Um, so, I mean, he's just going to Im- be an impact player right from the start. Uh, the Buccaneers. I got the Buccaneers uh, taking Dwayne Haskins here, actually, right before the Giants. Uh, okay. I I do not think that they are ready to go with Jameis anymore. I, I just – I think that, you know, they're they're going to try to bring in a quarterback I out of this year or next like year. I, I like Jameis, but I just don't think that they – like him you know what I mean like Um, I think that they've seen they've seen too much of you know too much of of messing up you know too much too much uh of being loose with the ball you know what I mean too many turnovers I just think that they're ready to move on they're gonna take Dwayne Haskins right there okay so then I got the the Giants Giants pick I got Devin White since Dwayne Haskins is off the board uh Devin White he's a linebacker from uh, <clears throat> linebacker from LSU, and I mean he's he's the best linebacker in this in this uh, draft, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, if you don't count beast. Josh Allen, if you don't count Josh Allen as a linebacker, but uh, Devin White is just he's a monster. He can fly around the football field. I mean he's he's not the biggest guy in the in the in the world, but he's very fast, covers a lot of ground. He's great in coverage, and he's a tackle machine. So he's a perfect new age linebacker that you need for the NFL. Um, so next up is the Jaguars with the seventh pick. I got them taking Ed Oliver from Houston. Uh, Ed Oliver, he, he was last year. He was, he was actually in the running for the number one overall pick. And this year he kind of took a nosedive uh, because of a couple things that went, went down uh, with his coach and he didn't really produce as much as people thought that he was going to, but you know, I, I still think that he's going to be a top 10 pick, you know, and, and uh, he's in, he's another one of those edge guys. Um, and, I mean, he's going to be an impact player right from the start. He can learn a whole lot from Calais Campbell, uh, you know, on the Jaguars. And um, that'll be great for them to get that defense back to where it was, you know, two years ago. Uh, the Lions. Lions with the next pick. I got them taking Rashawn Gary from Michigan. Uh, another edge guy. Honestly, yeah, lots, of, sure lots of edge guys. <laughs> Rashawn Gary, he he was a highly, highly touted high school prospect uh, three years ago, I think. Um, yeah, he's a junior now, so that would be three years ago. And he was probably like the second or third best player in all of ESPN. Um, and, I mean, okay. this dude is a f- athletic freak. Like, he is – he he's doesn't have that much production as all these other guys, but his spot is based solely on potential. Like his his draft is based is based solely on potential. So I think that Rashawn Gary would be great to pair up with their newly acquired Trey Flowers. You know, uh, their head coach. Um, he was the he's a prodigy of Bill Belichick, and that and he's he can easily develop. You know defensive ends and 
And that's why they, they got Trey Flowers. You know what I mean? Because the, the coach wanted him. He's like, hey, that's my old player. I, I need Trey Flowers. So I think that the Lions could spruce up their defense by taking Rashawn Gary. Now, Bills. Bills, I think they protect their quarterback here. They go with safe move. They take Jawan Taylor. Okay. Jawan Taylor, he's the number one offensive tackle, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he goes to Florida State. Uh I mean, this dude is an absolute monster. Like he is six foot seven, two hundred and eighty pounds. Like he actually goes to Florida, not Florida State. Oh, Florida, my bad. Um, but dude is a monster. Like dude is huge. And I mean, Josh Allen is like what, like six five, six six. You know. So this dude, this dude needs a big offensive lineman to protect him. I think they get their their uh, their protector right there, and then Broncos rounding out the top ten. I'm gonna go with uh, I would I would say quarterback here, but they just got Joe Flacco, and I think they're gonna ride it out with him for one year. So I'm just gonna go with Devin Bush. Uh, Devin Bush is a linebacker from Michigan, the University of Michigan. Dude, Devin Bush is is an absolute beast. He's, in my opinion, he's the next best linebacker um, to Devin White, you know. And, I mean, just like Devin White, this kid can fly all around the field, great in coverage. He's, you know, he had a couple of interceptions this season. He's not the best tackler in the world, but he's amazing in coverage, which is, I mean, in my opinion, a coverage linebacker is a lot better than, a you know just a tackle machine linebacker in today's NFL. So mm-hmm. that rounds out our top tens. I would um, actually like to change one of my picks. I was thinking of Jawan Taylor, and the Jaguars just signed Nick Foles to like a huge yep. contract, four years, yep. eighty-eight million dollars. They probably <laughs> want to protect him and so i would move jawan taylor to uh the jags pick instead of what i said so that'll be my pick for the jags Uh, and i could totally see that happening you know jawan taylor i mean he's him and jonah williams are going to be the two best offensive linemen out of this draft i think and uh Uh you know they're they're both beasts you know both offensive tackles um so yeah, that's about it. All right. So that was a good that was a good tailgate talk, Logan. Where can they find you at on your socials? Okay, so my Instagram, you can find me at Logan T.Harris. Uh, my Twitter is Logan Harris59 underscore. And I also have a YouTube channel, shameless plug. Um, it's called Product Prodigy. <laughs> I do a bunch of like tech reviews and stuff on there. So if you're interested in that, you can go check that out as well. And what about you, Brent? Uh, my Twitter handle is Smooth TV with three O's, and you know my Instagram is Brant underscore twenty two. Um, I don't have a YouTube channel, but I wish I did. But go check out Product <laughs> Prodigy. He's a, he's a cool guy. I know him. And uh, yeah, that's about it. So next week, just gonna give you guys a preview of next week's episode. We're gonna be breaking down top five players at each position for the upcoming NFL draft. We'll also be breaking down some highlights of the first uh, the first week of the NBA playoffs and 
hopefully there's some more NFL news, you know, some NFL drama with Antonio Brown, maybe, you know, maybe. Um, and obviously if there's any news like Magic Johnson retiring, you know, stepping down, we'll, we'll give you guys that news as well. But yeah, this has been Tailgate Talk with Logan and Brent signing off. See you guys next week. See ya.